Amen. God is good all the time, right? Yes, sir. All of the time. There's no time when God isn't good. No time when God's not good. It's always good. Amen. So we've been talking on Wednesday nights regarding no fear. No more fear. Amen? And I, uh, I, just, I just keep hearing God say it's, it's, it's vital that we teach it, that we keep planting that seed, sowing the seed of God's word that gets inside of us, that, that fear has no place in us. Fear will not reign in us whatsoever. Because when there's fear, then there's no receiving. Because you're not listening to God when you're in fear. You're not hearing God. You're not paying attention to God. You're not positioning yourself. You and I have a responsibility to position ourselves to receive from God. And when you're in fear, you, you can't. You can't even concentrate. You can't think clearly when you're in fear. And so we're going to stay on this. I don't know. We're just going to keep staying on it. And, and um, God gave me something this week uh, that... I'm kind of adding to the mix of this no more fear, and um, I'm, I'm, I'm going to share with you something that I believe through fear is the one thing that predominantly keeps people from receiving. Because when this is removed, your faith, see, see Lots of people don't have, have the seed of the word in their heart to know what the promises of God are. Right. You know, lot, I, mean, I mean, so many people don't know what to do with the word that they hear. That, that, that's the thing that I see. I've, I, as, um, you, you should be looking for opportunities to find people that don't understand the word like you do. You, you, should, you should have a number of people in your life that you're pursuing, that you purposely are pursuing. You may be doing nothing with them today other than just shaking their hand, smiling at them, telling them have, have a good day or something like that. But they need, you need to have people that you can exercise your faith for their life. You need to have people in, in your life like that. Um, as I... This week, as I was, I was with a certain person, and you know, he he's a he's a he goes to church, um, and um, he was had a had something really strong in his life uh, that he had to overcome and get through, and and uh, fear was trying to riddle him. He's a good friend of mine, and. Uh, and he said to me out of his mouth, I'm just trying to make a point. I'm, I'm not trying to judge other people's lives. It, you, you, it doesn't even matter who it is. I'm just trying to use it as an example because I get these examples and then God says, now I want you to do something with that in this person's life. But then be aware of other people that need the same kind of thing, right? And so as he's telling me um, that he's prayed... And then the next words out of his mouth is, then there's nothing, there's nothing else I can do. So whatever happens, in other words, was God's will. And it's, and it's 
very difficult to try to convince people that believe that God is in absolute control of everything that's going on and is happening in the earth, that God is in control. It's very difficult to convince people that believe that, that that's not necess- that doesn't necessarily have to be true in your life. You know, that I, I, in other words, all the, all the things that are going that aren't working, well, that was just the will of God. That doesn't have to be true with me. Absolutely. Actually, it's not true with me. That's right. Because the more I know the promises of God, and, 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 and I'm connected to the promises, then I know what I, can have a, 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 what, what I can see operating in my life. Then when I see someone else that doesn't understand that, I mean, don't judge, judge him, criticize him. Don't, don't try to even, you know, don't even try to preach to somebody that has no understanding. They won't take it. And actually, in most cases, it will bring an offense. But love them, pray for them, begin to pray in their life that their eyes be opened up to see, and then look for opportunities when they ask you questions. So what do you do when fear tries to grip you? You want to know? Okay, let's talk. You know, those are some of the greatest conversations, except most of those people can't handle more than about three and a half minutes. See, I could go on for two hours, right? But they can only handle about three and a half minutes, so you got to be real cautious, right? Just, just, just spoon feed it, just give it to people. That's the way I got it. Yeah. That's the way you got it. It's line upon line, precept upon precept. We get a little, we get a little bit more, a little bit more, and it, and it just begins to become revelation to us, right? Yeah. So... <clears throat> The one thing that I feel like that predominantly keeps people in fear and not receiving from the promises of God because they're not actively in faith following through in believing and thanking God for what the promise says is this one thing that I'm going to show you here. Amen? So we'll get there. Psalm 34 and 4. I sought the Lord, and he heard me, and he delivered me from all of my fears. This has been our foundational scripture. We've talked about this. David had a relationship with God, and as he sought the Lord, he believed God heard him. So he believed that God heard what he asked for, the things that he declared to God. God heard him and delivered him of all his fears. So, so... What I see in this whole 34th chapter is that fear can keep you from receiving. Right? It can keep you from receiving. And David had a lot of things to be afraid of. But David said, God delivered me from all of my fears. Every single one of them. How many like that? How many want... How many believe that it's God's will, if God delivered David, that it's his will for you to be free from all fear, all types of fear? Amen. It's God's will. So I'm going to skip around a little bit, but I'm going to read a few verses of Scripture that, that have to do with promises and then talking about, at times, you know, 
how we get over not being able to walk in what the promise actually says. And I told you uh, a couple services ago that you're going to hear this verse a lot, and so this, you've heard it every service since I said you're going to hear it a lot. <clears throat> and so you know, here you go, you're going to hear it again. Deuteronomy 29 and verse 9. <clears throat> and it says, Therefore keep the words of this covenant and do them that you may prosper in all that you do. Everybody say all. all. That means nothing is left out. Okay? Think about what you do daily. What do you do? Get up in the morning. You're going to prosper. You connect with this person, that person, whoever. You're going to prosper in those relationships, right? right? You deal with money. You're going to prosper in your money. You're conscious of your health and your physical body and things going on in your body. You're going to prosper at those kind of things. Keep, hear the words of uh, of the covenant Keep these words, do them, and you'll prosper in everything that you do. Okay? So, you might, you might think in your, within yourself that if you have a routine every day of the Word of God, you confess the Word, you study the Word, you spend time in the Word, you apply the Word, you have situations that rise up, you're, you're a doer of the Word, you've tithed, you've honored God in the tithe, you've sowed seed in the ground, And you're not seeing yourself prospering in everything that you do. The one thing I'm going to talk about tonight is I believe predominantly the thing that keeps people from receiving. Psalm 103. Psalm 103. And verse 3. I just read verse 1. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Verse 1. Bless the Lord, O my soul. And all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul. And forget none of his benefits or his promises. Who forgives all of my iniquities. Who heals all of my diseases. Who redeems my life from destruction who crowns me with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies my mouth with good things so that my youth is renewed as the eagle. When you read promises like this, God wants you to take every single thing you read literally. Literally. Not something in the sweet by and by, not something later on, not something, you know, when, when, uh, when, when I feel that way. No, you literally receive it that way today. And one of the things that he said he did This is Psalms, this is Old Testament, this is Old Covenant, this is before the blood of Jesus, that he forgave us all of our iniquities. All of our iniquities. Mark chapter 11. He forgave us all of our iniquities. What are we talking about? No more fear. Mark chapter 11. It's a verse of scripture that in the first probably 15, 16, 18 years of my born again life, uh, never made sense to me. It just, you ever heard a verse 
and then you hear somebody, you hear somebody explain it, and you go, God, it just doesn't sound right. It just doesn't set right with me in their explanation. I'm not trying to change what it, what was said, but a lot of times in in different translations of the Bible, it's got to fit with the words of the covenant. Hear the words of the covenant. Receive the words of the covenant. Do those words and you'll prosper in everything that you do. One of the promises, we just read a number of them, but that he has forgiven us already all of our iniquities. Actually, you know when he forgave us? He forgave us before Adam and Eve, before the foundation of the world, because before the foundation of the world, he already had Jesus sacrifice set up already how does that how, how is that so that that's why see we're not talking about a god you can figure out we're talking about a god that you have to have faith and believe in we're not we're not saying any of this stuff makes natural sense how how can how can there be a plan for something that there's not even been the reason why he would sacrifice, it's not even happened yet. And actually the ones that were going to create the issue that was going to demand his sacrifice, they haven't even been created yet. And yet the plan was already set up. That's what scripture says, before the foundation of the world. You have to have faith in God in that. Now watch where I'm going to go with this. So Mark eleven twenty three, 23, we know. But Mark 11 and 24, I want to read. And actually, I'm going to read this. In... Okay, Mark eleven twenty four and five, and I'm reading this in I'm reading this in the Passion translation. Twenty four. This is the reason I urge you to boldly believe for whatever you ask for in prayer. Be convinced that you have received it and it will be yours. That's a promise. And, and he's not finished in what he's saying, and whenever you stand praying like what he just said here and in verse 23 and in verse 22, what he said was have faith in God or have the God type of faith. Have faith like God has faith. He never questions anything. He does what he knows is right. And when we know what is right in God, then God doesn't want us questioning things. He wants us to do it. Right? In verse 25, he says, Whenever you stand praying, if you find that you carry something in your heart against another person, 
release him and forgive him so that your Father in heaven will also release you and forgive you of your faults. Now, what didn't make sense to me for a lot of years was, it was like I heard that and I heard people preach that and it was like, The only way God's going to forgive me is if I forgive. Is that what it said? That's what yeah. it said. That's what it said. And we read in Psalm 103 that he's already forgiven us of our iniquities. He took, he, the, the Psalm of David there, he's forgiven us all of our iniquities, all of our sins, everything was already forgiven, and the blood of Jesus hadn't even come. Right. What was happening was, it was being prophesied of what was coming. Man's redemption was drawing nigh. Right here, right here, this is before the cross. And Jesus is making a statement here that you're just going to, I've had to, I, I've never really said this before, but over the last 15 years, this is what I believe. So I'm telling you what I believe about this passage, and then you'll have to process it yourself, okay? I'm going to read several other scriptures here in a moment that talk about what we have is because of what he did. Right? I'm going to read a verse of scripture in a minute. I'm going to quote it now and then I'll read it in a minute. But it says, We love him because he first loved us. I have the ability to forgive because he forgave me. He forgave me all of my iniquities. Listen, iniquities aren't just the sins, iniquities are the effects of the sins. And you know how many generational curses and sins that your life has been affected by? And then how it's played out in your life? He's even forgiven you of all the crap you've done. Everything you've ever said, everything you've ever done, every attitude you've ever had that wasn't godly. He's already forgiven you. And so what, what I think he's saying right here, he's saying, I like this, I like this passion. He says, Whenever you stand praying, whenever you're confessing the word, if you find yourself, if you find that you're carrying something in your heart, so, you know, I see myself confessing the word, I, I, I like to walk and confess, you know, I mean, sometimes I'll sit, but maybe for two minutes and then I got to get up and walk. <laughs> so I walk and confess, and so as I'm walking and I'm declaring, and all of a sudden, Something comes to me. No, no, watch this. God. Something comes to me. Okay? So I'm confessing, I'm praying, and then all of a sudden, let's just say, Josh did something to me. And it comes to me that I'm holding unforgiveness toward Josh. You know what he's saying here? 
You need to forgive with the power that he's given us to forgive so that then I feel like the Father forgives me. Because the problem with us forgiving people is we a lot of times people feel like they're laboring to forgive so that God will be happy. God's already happy with you no matter what you've ever done. What you do produces the junk that comes on your life that he doesn't want to be on your life and keeps you from receiving. I'm telling you, this one thing predominantly keeps people from receiving because their perspective of God is wrong. Their perspective of the Father is not right. They're not in a receiving mode of what God has for them. And when you're walking in unforgiveness and you're holding grudges and you're holding things against people, I promise you, you're not thinking about God. So, that's why you have to have a daily routine of confessing the word. Oh, this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice today and be glad in it for God's mercy and his grace. They're new to me every morning. Bert, what? That thing about Josh. Oh, man. So one of the things that helps me with this is get me a piece of paper. I mean, like to write. And I start writing this down. Why am I so upset with Josh? Question mark. Then I may pray in the spirit for a little while longer. I may pray asking God, why am I so upset with Josh? Because you're afraid that what he did, somebody's going to find out, I don't know, something. So then I go and I, and I answer my question. Why am I so afraid of what Josh, or why am I so mad at Josh? Because of this. And then I say, why? Then I pray in the Spirit a little bit longer. This is how I've gotten delivered from fear and unforgiveness and holding things again. Why? Because of this. Why? And keep asking the whys until you get to the bottom of it, and it's, it, it, it's tied to this thing way down in here called the fear of something. Fear of man, fear of failure, fear of this, fear of that, fear of whatever it is. And man, when you get a hold of that thing, pull that thing out. Listen to me, listen. To me, what that means is that every one of us, when I'm confessing Deuteronomy 29.9, God, I thank you, I've kept your promises I've done the things that you said, Lord. I love this covenant and I love speaking. I thank you, Lord, that I'm prospering in all my ways because that thing you brought to me, that thing I was holding towards Josh, you brought it to me. God, I, I know I'm delivered now. Why? Because I took the time to get to the bottom of it and not just ignore it. I'm telling you, Things you haven't seen manifest in your life, just trace this out. 
So in the times of your routine, I'm not talking about trying to figure something out. Listen, anybody that has unforgiveness in their heart towards someone else, you know it. I promise you, you, you don't have to go searching. Man, what is he talking about? This person? No, you know. You know. I'm not talking about somebody just said something stupid and it made you mad or whatever. Okay, just forgive them. Just move on. I'm talking about holding unforgiveness because of what you think someone else. Listen, most of the unforgiveness in life is about what this one's built up and this has gotten bigger and this one said this and another one. And I mean, it seems like that 15 gods couldn't answer this situation. And you and I have the power to walk forgiven, and when you know you're forgiven, then you can forgive. Right. It's not me trying to go and forgive them and being mad because I have to and those, no, 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 no. I sought the Lord, and he heard me, and he delivered me from all the fear that has kept my heart and this unforgiven thing, this unforgiveness, and it's kept me bound up and it's kept me from receiving. And I just tell you today, we have to be a people that we're not, we're not tolerating any strife, any division, any unforgiveness. And all of that's tied to the fear of death, as we've talked about in this series. All of it's tied to the fear of death. I give the devil no opportunity, no place to operate in my life. I don't care what happens in a, in, a, in a situation. I don't care if you've got to deal with it a hundred times. The hundred and first time, if you stay with it, will be your deliverance Amen. or whatever it will be. That's right. If you don't quit, you will reap what it is that you're looking for. I'm telling you, unforgiveness, the spirit of unforgiveness will keep you from receiving all that God has for you. Because every promise in God's word, I just read it first in 2 Corinthians 2, every promise in God's word is not yes and no and sometimes. Yeah. It's yes and amen. That's right. Every promise is yes, that's for you. Amen. Yes, that's for you. So be it. Yes, that's for you. So be it. Yes, that's for you. He didn't write it just for some people or one group of people or what. He wrote it for all of humanity. And I declare tonight, fear does not have dominion over you and I. Amen? We will not fear and we will not allow the effects of fear to keep us with an unforgiving heart and keep us from receiving all that God has for us. Not going to happen. Can you say amen? amen. Glory to God. <clears throat> so, so this passage in 2 Corinthians 2 just confirms this. 2 Corinthians 2. I, I, I'd encourage you to go read the verses before this, but we're just going to start with uh, verse 8. And uh, Paul was telling the church at Corinth that, there, there's, that there's a person that is troubling you, but he gave him instruction in how to handle the person that was troubling them. Verse 8 says, <clears throat> uh, 
Therefore, I urge you to reaffirm your love to him. For to this end, I also wrote that I might put you to the test, whether you are obedient in all things. Now, whom you forgive anything, I also forgive. For if indeed I have forgiven anything, I have forgiven that one for your sakes in the presence of Christ. Watch this, verse 11. Lest Satan should take advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. And I'm telling you tonight, what I'm giving you is information that is exposing and revealing his lies that you can walk around with unforgiveness and still receive the blessing of the Lord. No. As, as literal as, as Mark eleven twenty five 25 is, that if you don't forgive, God can't forgive you. As literal as that is, so is this. If we don't take this serious, then things aren't just going to float out of heaven and manifest in our lives. They're not. We've got a lot to do and a lot to accomplish. And I'm telling you, this place... Our lives, our homes have to be strife-free zones and no unforgiveness. Meaning, when we have unforgiveness, when we've battled with unforgiveness, when we get challenged with unforgiveness, stay with it, stay in the Word, go to your questions, go writing things down, asking God, why do I, why do I feel that way? Why do I sense this? And then you write an answer down and then you ask the question and keep asking the question till you get to the bottom of it. If you've never done that, I encourage you to do it because you will find some liberty and freedom in that. I mean, it works. I'm telling you, it works. Amen? But um, I want to read this. I want to read um, verse 10 and 11 in uh, the Amplified. If you forgive anyone anything, I too forgive that one. And what I have forgiven, if I have forgiven anything, has been for your sakes, in the presence and with the approval of Christ, the Messiah, to keep Satan from getting the advantage over us? For we are not ignorant of his wiles and intentions. He's not going to get the upper hand over us. God has given us the upper hand through the blood of Jesus. But man, we hold on to that in our attitude in, in, in certain relationships with people. You say, yeah, but you, you don't know what they're doing. It doesn't matter what they're doing. It matters what I do. You can't change another person. But I promise you, I promise you, that there has to be over a hundred promises to what love will do if it's implemented through a person's life. Amen. That's right. Love covers a multitude of sins. You know why? Because when you walk in love, not only does it cover things in your life, but it'll cover things in other people's lives. You walk in love and you do what's right no matter what. You will never. You, I, I mean, if Joey's doing something and he's had a, he has an attitude towards me, there's nothing I can do. I mean, whether I want to go to fist with him, you know, over the thing, 
Uh, I want to report him, you know, I want to take his legs out, you know, uh, run into his car, you know, throw eggs at his house. Or, I mean, man, we're, we're going we're gonna to get this guy. Okay, go. When does that ever work? It just doesn't work. It just doesn't work. Love works. And when I learn to walk in love, the more I walk in love, the more I walk in love. The more I'm focused on walking in love, the more focused I get on what love does and what love accomplishes, not only in me, but through me to other people. People get astonished when you do something that you shouldn't do. When you act a certain way that you shouldn't act because maybe what they did. And you just kind of take the brunt of that. Oh, you know what, I'm just... See, see See, in your natural mind, when you hear that kind of talk, that kind of sounds weak. Actually, that's the most powerful person on planet Earth because you are in control of your destiny. You're not going to go do bad things. Someone comes and does something to you. Even if you do respond in an ugly way, you know how to repent. And if you have to, you go to that person and repent to them personally. If, if anybody that is sitting in here today, tonight, anybody that's, that I can see in here tonight, if I know that I offended you, I, I'd be at your house yesterday. If I know I did something, you know what? I know they're offended with me. I'd be there. <laughs> the deal is, if I've done something, now I don't want to do something that brings an offense to someone else. I don't want to say things or have an attitude or, or come off cocky. or I don't, I don't want to do any of those kind of things. But what I can't do anything about is, if you are offended with me today, and I don't know it unless God reveals it to me, and you don't do anything about it, I can't do anything about it. Vice versa, are you or anybody else? You can't do anything about it, and you can't make people change. You can't make people want to deal with themselves. Only the seed of the word will change a person's life. Only the seed of the word. The seed of the word only will change people and transform their lives. Amen? And tonight, I'm saying this to you because I'm telling you, if you'll take this and you'll meditate on this, and you'll meditate on the fact that anything anything that comes from the enemy you you know the verse of scripture that says if you abide in me and my words abide in you ask what you will and it'll be done well that same concept just on the reverse in the counterfeit is the way the enemy does I want to abide in you so I want you to say the things I want you to say so I can have you based on everything that you say. He does the same exact thing, right? So, so when I'm in pride and I can't admit two things in my life and I'm in pride where forgiveness or unforgiveness is concerned and I'm in pride in that area, the Bible clearly reveals to us that pride is the manifested presence of the devil. It's the manifested presence. When I'm in pride, the presence of the enemy manifests. 
come on, I mean, just common sense tells you when you're in pride, good things don't happen around you. Hmm? People aren't lining up to bless you when you're in pride. I mean, it's just not. That's what, that, it, it hinders us. And a lot of times, the pride is tied to unforgiveness about certain things. See, uh, we might just think of unforgiveness as being something that, that we feel towards another person because they did something ugly to us. Well, you know, I'm just going to, you know, I, I'm, I'm going to feel that way and I'm not going to forgive them. I don't care what they say. You know, I mean, I mean that's kind of blatant, but there's a lot of real subtleties to unforgiveness that we have to be aware of. That can trap us and keep us in a place where, we, where it's like you can't break through. And yet, and yet, your routine every day of declaring what God says is true is where you get liberated and free. But it's in those times that you're confessing that. Be aware of what the Holy Spirit would say to you about something that you have towards someone else. And just give the devil no place. How many believe these are the best days of God in our lives? I mean, why would we think that today, I mean, that, that, I mean, we can say that next week or we can say it tomorrow or the next day or the next day. You should be. I say it every day. Something good's happening to me today in Jesus' name. I say it every day because I have expectation for good things. Otherwise, you're going to meditate on how bad things appear to be, and that's where the devil has most people. We refuse that. But in just those kind of simple things that I'm talking about right there, weaved into, into that mess is this, th this, this root of unforgiveness that wants to stay lodged in there, and God wants us pulling it out. He wants you pulling it out. So in my example about Josh earlier, and if I'm writing those things down and I get to the end of that and I realize what I have to do, part of, or any, any person that I've had to forgive, I've had to make it a daily routine first and foremost. I've got to get it inside of me first. I'm not just talking about rushing out and going and tell somebody I forgive you and, you know, and, and spill all the beans about the way you felt about them for the last 20 years or that kind of, no, 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 no. Don't do those kind of things. <clears throat> Start declaring over them. Father, I, I, I've, I've got the answer to that. I realize it. I see what I've done. I've had this attitude towards them. And Father, today I declare that I forgive them. I don't feel that way. I don't necessarily even want to forgive them. No, no, listen, it's not really unforgiveness if you just get that one day and then all of a sudden it's like, you know, you're just skipping through the fields. And you're just so happy that, you get to for, that you're going to forgive them and, and not hold that grudge or anything. No, you've got to battle it. You've got to get it all out. So get it out by declaring, Lord, Josh is forgiven. You forgave me, I forgive Josh. I'm just using him as an example, you understand? I don't have anything toward Josh. I'm just saying, if there were thoughts like that, I forgive Josh. I forgive him the way you forgave me. See, if you don't see how much God has forgiven you, you can't do that for other people. That's why David sought the Lord, he heard me. That means there was a relationship with God, and he delivered me of all my fears. Mm, 
Mm, mm, mm. Amen? So, last two passages in 1 John. And then I want to pray for anybody that wants to stand where you're at tonight. And I'm, I'm going to pray release if this is ministered to you in this way. And I'll explain it to you in these two passages of Scripture. 1 John 4 and verse 18. <clears throat> there is no fear in love, but perfect love or perfected love or developed love, meaning you developing, walking in the love of God, it casts out fear. So I had the thing toward Josh. I start doing, I, I start doing my routine and writing things down, and God begins to reveal things to me. So what I'm doing is I'm sowing toward that by declaring I forgive him. He's forgiven. I will not hold that grudge ever again. Perfect love, why? Because what I'm doing is I'm releasing the love of God over him and I'm removing what's tried to hold me in bondage off of my own life. And then once that happens, not only do I get free, but a lot of times when you're speaking things over other people all the time, man, you, those words are working like word curses against their life. It's a double whammy. And when you get free of that, man, it's a double liberty. Amen. Not only you, but them. And you know, a lot of times, when you're saying things about other people and you're, you're allowing those kind of things to come out of your mouth, and you know what? you got to find some place to talk it out and talk it out with God, and you're mad and you don't want to get over this, and you're frustrated and really ticked off or whatever it is that you are. You've got to be honest with God because holding it in and not being honest with God will not do anything for you. But a lot of times when we're talking, other people are listening. And not only have you contaminated and, and, and spoken word curses over the people that you're holding that grudge or that unforgiveness toward, but there's other people that are picking up on that kind of stuff around you. And man, you get free. Everybody gets free. Everybody around you gets free. Hmm? I'm a free torpedo just looking for some place to explode. <laughs> Free, 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 free. Amen? Watch this. Perfect love cast out fear because, actually, uh, let's read verse 18 in the Amplified. It says, there is no fear in love. In verse 18. There is no fear in love. Dread does not exist. But full-grown, complete, perfect love turns fear out of doors and expels every trace of terror. For fear brings with it the thought of punishment. And so he who is afraid has not reached the full maturity of love is not yet grown into love's complete perfection. I mean, guys... People, we, we, this is a win-win. We've got the word, we've got the spirit, we've got the power, we, we've got the ability to overcome, we, we have the ability to make confessions like this. Fear will not have dominion over my life. Right. You need to say that till you believe it. Because when you believe you receive that, when you say it, it's done. 
And so is every other promise. When those kind of things, when fear in that way is removed from you, unforgiveness is removed, then it's like all of a sudden your eyes get opened up to see every time you speak one of the promises of God, it's like, I mean, it could be tomorrow afternoon. It could be tomorrow afternoon. I mean, I mean, you're looking around because you just spoke that and you, you felt like, you know, it came in like from a flying saucer or something, you know, it just landed around you. It's like, whoa, because there's nothing blocking it. Predominantly, the number one reason people don't receive from the promises of God, because they never learn to deal with unforgiveness. Never have to deal with it. And how do we do that? 1 John 1. Did I finish that verse? Yes, I did. 1 John 1 and verse 5. We'll just read it in the New King James. 1 John 5, 1. This is the message which we have heard from him and declare to you that God is light and in him there is no darkness. In him there is no fear. In him there is no unforgiveness. In him there is no sickness. In him there is no poverty. In him there is nothing that is not wrapped up in what his promises say that he is and that he's already done for us. There's no darkness. If we say that we have fellowship with him, if we say that, you know, I sought the Lord and he heard me and I'm still afraid. What does that mean? Sought the Lord and he heard me, but I'm still afraid. If we, the scripture here says, if we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. Well, pastor, I tried it. When? Well, I don't know. It was last year sometime. No, 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 you just, you know, uh, um, I grew up playing golf, and if I was going to be a good golfer, I had to practice every day. I practiced when it rained. I practiced with orange balls when it snowed. I practiced, and then I practiced. And I had calluses, and then I practiced till my calluses bled. And I mean, I just practiced and practiced because I was becoming, and I mean, we have to practice this. If we don't practice it, then we're lying because we're not practicing. I sought the Lord. I know He heard me, but I'm still so afraid. You're lying. You didn't really seek the Lord in the form of practicing a relationship with God through His Word and the Holy Spirit. Listen, I've sought the Lord and been afraid. New things arise and you find yourself stepping out in faith and you're seeking God and you still feel like this fear coming at you from every direction. No, 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 I didn't say fear goes away just because you confess some scriptures. I'm saying the confessing and the maintenance that we do daily is convincing us that God is more real than anything that ever comes our way. I will not let the offense of another person Dictate and control my life. I will not because I have too much at stake. I let that creep in. I let that enter in. Boom. No receiving. No receiving. 
then I stay frustrated, then I can even get mad at God, then I can get mad at why things don't work out and this didn't happen, this, didn't, this thing didn't change or whatever it is. We can't allow ourselves to go there. We can't allow ourselves to live in that place. We've got too much to do and there are too many people that need you to believe in God. There's too many people that need you manifesting Psalm 34.4. I sought the Lord today. I know he heard me. There's no fear in my life. There's no unforgiveness in me. I will not tolerate it. There's something I'm battling right here. I'm, I'm, I'm get, having to get up. Yeah, but you're dealing with it. You're doing it. You're staying on top of it. That's who we are. So I sought the Lord. Verse 6. If we say that, then, then, then we lie, don't practice the truth. But if we walk in the light, the light of what? His word. If we walk in the light as he's in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, if we say we've never been afraid, and I'll never be afraid again. I'm trying to convince people that fear doesn't grip me. I'll never be afraid again. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. No, fear is there. Fear's coming. If fear hasn't come today, fear will come somewhere down the road. It's coming. It's doing its job to come to you. Resist it firm in the faith, and it flees. When you know, because you have a relationship with God, because you're practicing the truth, fear and everything else goes out the door. What did it say in, in, in the other First John passage? That fear is extracted. It goes out the door when you perfect the, the walk of love and learning how to love and do what God's word says. Can you say amen to that? If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. I mean, those, aren't, those, those, are, those are challenging scriptures, but they're not bad scriptures. They're scriptures to get us to make sure that we're paying attention to the truth. If I'm saying this is happening and it's not happening, it's because I'm, there's, it's, it's with me, it's not with God. He's already done it all. I've got to do it right. So verse 9 is what I want to end with tonight. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's where, if I've got the thing with Josh, if I've got the issue with him, and I'm praying, I'm doing my routine, and something comes to me that I need to make a change in. Lord, you know what? That whole thing with Josh, I'm appearing, it appears that what you're telling me about this situation, it's mostly me. I repent to you right now, and I will not let my mouth say another thing about Josh. I gotta work this out in my soul, I realize that, but I'm not saying another word. And when you say it, you didn't mean to say it, repent right then and say the same thing again. I'll never say that again. See, when you confess your sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all the unrighteousness. Why? Because he's already cleansed us. He's already forgiven us. The forgiveness is for me. Not for him. It's for me. But I really believe it. I can really do this. Tonight, I just want you to think about this one thing. It wasn't too long ago that God convicted me about something, an area of some unforgiveness that was just, I, I didn't even realize it was there. 
but it was there and God showed it to me. Well, I mean, it was like last year sometime. And, and, I, and, I, and I went through the process that I just told you right then. I mean, I've been free. From, I never even thought another thing about it. I've never said anything to that person, but I've made sure that I've been aware that my mind's not going back there. Not going back there because God revealed something to me. It's important. So if you know tonight there's something that God has revealed to you, I just want to agree with you. You can it, it, just, just stand right where you're at. I mean, actually, like I'm saying, if there's not something, <laughs> there's something wrong, you know, in, in some way. But it didn't mean, like today, I can't think of one thing. So if you can't think of one thing, you can't make something up and do it. Just if you know there's something there and this word challenged you concerning that, just stand to your feet and agree. If you don't, you can't think of anything and nothing comes to you, don't try to figure something out. Amen? I had, one time I had a person say, well, Pastor, I stood because I, I felt really bad for you because nobody was standing. I said, <laughs> I said, don't do that. You, I mean, I mean, some people, I, I may be halfway in the middle of the prayer and something comes to you and you may stand up. It's only, it's just a point of contact. Any two agree is touching anything that they ask, bam, it's done. We're shutting the, the enemy down. We're shutting down the manifested presence of the enemy in any of our lives, our homes, our families. No more drama. Amen? No more messes. We're overcoming this stuff. But we won't just do it because we get mad. We'll do it because of the seed of the word that's been planted. And we apply it just like I told you to apply it tonight. If you do it, you'll prosper in everything you do keeping the words of the covenant. Father, tonight, I thank you for every person that has stood to their feet. Wow, thank you for your word. I thank you that that word has penetrated the hearts of every person. And Lord, whatever there is in there, they are doing what 1 John 1 says to do, to confess, to talk to you about it, asking you questions why do i feel that way towards that person for whatever reason and lord i thank you for the answers coming to them that you're giving them wisdom knowledge and understanding to know exactly why they have felt the way they felt so that they be liberated and free and tonight i declare no more fear in their lives i declare no more unforgiveness in any of their lives tonight in the name of jesus i declare tonight that by your spirit, they are empowered to overcome in this situation that has come to them. Because I believe the removal of this opens the doors of opportunity in ways they've never seen before. I believe it. And tonight, we are believers who are receivers of the truth of what was taught tonight in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen and amen. Come on, shout amen, somebody. God is good tonight.